0: looking for Hour of Code ideas for elementary STEM? While there is an abundance of free resources out there, it can be overwhelming navigating them all and finding what will work best for your classroom. In this episode, I will break down how to navigate the resources for K through five, what devices you can use or not use, and structures on how you can set up the Hour of Code in your classroom. Before we jump right into this episode, I have created a freebie for you to help capture all the learning that you're going to have throughout this episode and all of the resources and how to get that all organized for K through five STEM. So you can download that free resource at Naomi slash TPT hour of code. This will also be linked in the show notes. So you don't have to memorize this. I love the hour of code and this is an excellent unit to implement into your K-5 STEM classroom. Or if you are a classroom teacher who's interested in STEM, you can definitely jump right in because most of the resources I'm going to be talking about are absolutely free. To get me in the mood for this episode, I am wearing my Create with Code shirt that I got from Target a little while back, so it's super fun. You Of course, you all know by now I love a good theme, and so of course I have a coding shirt or two in my closet that I pull out during this time. I will say that the Hour of Code is one of the few units that I actually don't write or create everything from scratch because there are so many great resources out there that I personally know I don't have as much experience as the people who are creating them. And it is always changing. And I want to make sure that my students are exposed to these materials. That is why I have that free guide for you. It helps you sift through that all that information. But again, these are things that I'm not always creating from scratch, because there are so many coding languages out there, even for kids. And I want to make sure, again, that kids have access to those. Now, if you have never heard of the Hour of Code, that is okay. I am so glad that you are here. The Hour of Code started in 2013, and it, is a, and it was a way to get kids exposed to the world of coding at a young age. It was initially to be an hour in your school and to get kids pumped up and excited about computer science, and it is also hosted in conjunction with Computer Science Week, which they have their own website as well. The official computer science week for 2022 is December 5th through 11th, and the Hour of Code is usually hosted around this time, but you can do coding at any time of the year, so don't feel like you have to do it during this week. The first time that I was exposed to the Hour of Code was in 2013, my first year teaching third grade as a classroom teacher, and I remember it was just so amazing seeing my students code the Angry Birds. To get the little piggies. I had never seen anything like this. And this was my first real exposure as a teacher to see children coding. In hindsight, this could have been one of the many sparks that I had to get me into K through 5 STEM now. But at the time, I thought it was so amazing, and I still think that it's amazing to see kids being able to write a language using blocks to control what is happening on the screen. This was way more problem solving than just clicking arrows and playing a video game passively. The students were collaborating and problem solving, and I loved the excitement that they had when they completed each of these challenges. If you haven't done the Hour of Code either, you're going to see the same excitement in your students. And it is just so much fun because there are so many different options out there where students can explore, again, a lot of different coding languages that work best for their grade level. At the time for my students, they had the hour of code as an actual hour where we went into our computer lab and they got to play around with the different coding languages that were available at the time. So you could still do this as a school-wide promotion. You could do this as a week-long STEM unit. You could start it in your STEM classroom and then keep promoting it within the classrooms or at home. There are so many different possibilities. So don't feel like you have to limit yourself to one hour or one unit. There are just so many different ways that you can do coding and the hour of code throughout the year. So first, let's talk about navigating the hour of code website. This is going to be your hub of finding the different coding activities that will work best for your classroom. Like I said, this can be overwhelming at first and over the years they have been making the navigation of the website so much easier. The first thing you're going to wanna do is to sign up to host your Hour of Code event. This is absolutely free. I feel like this is a way for them to keep track of how many kids are participating and they will also send you some free resources or things to get you excited um, leading up to the official Hour of Code week. So make sure you sign up in a little bit of information, and then you are on your way to navigating the Hour of Code website. You're going to see that there are different types of coding activities that are organized by grade level. Those are the main types of navigation. Over on the side, you can get even more specific with the types of coding activities you would like to have your students exposed to. Some of these categories that are listed are the types of devices that you have. There's even an option if you have slow internet, you could filter out the activities that would work best for that on the devices. If you are an iPad only school or vice versa, a laptop only school, you can click on that filter and then you can search through the activities that way. And if you don't have access to devices at all, or we're going to talk about structure in a bit, you would like to have a station that is screen free or unplug coding. You can even search for options that way but it gets even better with these filters. You can even filter by the length of the lesson if you do want it to last an hour, or if you do want it to last for over a week, you can even search through the different accessibility options. Play around with those filters. Like I said, it can be overwhelming at first, and I actually don't have students jump right in into the Hour of Code website. They can get lost pretty easily. As a teacher, you want to pick through, play around the things that you think will work best developmentally, and then you can make a simple one-page choice board. I like to make mine in Google Slides that are view only, and then there's clickable links for the students, or you could just send the links along to students in whatever LMS system that you like to use, or even create QR codes that the kids can scan. Definitely try to play around with the devices that you have, see what is going to work and not work, and then you can go from there. I like to share the website, the Hour of Code website with students after we completed the unit so they can play around and explore at home. But I always want them to jump right in and get to the task at hand. So that's why creating those very specific links for students is really, really helpful. So then they don't have that decision fatigue. And then you know that those specific links are going to use on the devices, or if you're not doing devices, the materials that you have students to use. At the very top of the Hour of Code website, there's also a promote tab and play around with that. There are some posters that you can print that have some diverse and even some famous people on there. My fiance's favorite is the Shakira poster. He loves Shakira. (laughs) So he likes that Hour of Code poster on there. But there's some really cool posters, handouts that you could send or print and send home with families or teachers. There's some email templates. There's even a sticker template that you can print out and students can proudly wear the sticker saying that they participated in the Hour of Code. There are also some really awesome videos that you can show your students where they are talking about the Hour of Code and the importance of coding. Again, some famous faces are in a lot of these videos, but these are really awesome resources to check out and really dive in to get kids excited about computer science and coding. I mentioned this a little bit ago, but you have the option when you are doing any type of coding with kids, you can have device-based coding, which is what most of us are accustomed to when students are coding on the computer, or you can do coding unplugged both have a lot of value. And even if your students have experience with computer coding, having the ability to code unplugged and being able to problem solve in that way can be very, very valuable. In fact, you are really working on that computational thinking and having students be able to really think through those problems. And they might not always have that instant gratification from what is on the screen, but it's going to help them slow down and really think through is the information that they are moving or writing down if it is correct. You can even pair unplugged coding with device-based coding and have students write down some of the things that they're hoping to do in the program, and then they can apply it to their learning. Here are some of my favorite coding unplugged activities that can work for a variety of grade levels. One really fun one is to do binary beads. And I'm pretty sure Hour of Code has a lesson related to this, but you teach students about binary code, the language that computers use to talk with the zeros and the ones. And then there is a binary code alphabet. Students can have little pony beads and different colored beads to represent the different codes in the binary code chart, and then spell their name or a word that resonates with them. This is a really great one. And then students have a physical takeaway from the actual project. Getting overwhelmed with researching, planning, and teaching meaningful K-5 STEM lessons, it can be a lot of work, and I completely understand. When I walked into my brand new role, at a brand new classroom with zero curriculum. Over the years, I've been developing a K-5 STEM year-long plan that is rooted in standards, the engineering design process, and station rotations. In fact, don't just take it from me. Here's what other teachers are saying about these plans. Ann says, this was a very helpful resource for me as a new STEM teacher. I appreciate that I had activities for all grade levels. My students loved all of these lessons. Tara says, this resource is amazing. I love that these are challenges that have been tried in the classroom. One of the best things that I purchased. There are over 50 lessons already included in the bundle and it's growing everything new that is added lessons and updates you will always get for free when you purchase today. As a bonus, I included a free digital teacher plan book that is made specifically for K-5 STEM teachers who have a lot of classes and plans to manage every day. It's easy to edit and gives you enough blocks to write in. Unlike most paper planners out there, being a podcast listener, I am giving you an exclusive $30 off code for the entire K-5 STEM bundle. You can grab the bundle at naomimeredith.com slash K5STEM and put in the code PODCASTK5 at checkout. Another fun one that I did actually again when I was teaching third grade at, this is all coming back to me now, (laughs) a computer science training is we did cup coding. With this activity, there are different pictures of combinations of cups that are stacked in a lot of different combinations. And the goal of this is you have a programmer and then you have the robot. So the goal of the programmer is to write the code out using the language of this cup coding program. So up means to hold up the cup one cup length to a turn would be flipping the cup over at 90 degrees. A down would be putting the cup down at a cup length and so on. There's a whole cup coding language for this activity. As the programmer, you are writing the code that will match the picture of what the robot needs to complete. Then the robot has to read your code with the arrows and the turns, and hopefully they are able to complete the picture without seeing the picture and only reading the code. Again, this is a great computational thinking lesson and a great problem-solving challenge. Another one that is very similar that is really popular with younger students is to do a human robot coding. You can have different cards that have arrows that have different meanings, forwards, backwards. You can add in a jump, a spin, whatever you would like. I have this all created for you in my TPT shop. And again, you have a programmer and a robot, and the programmer writes the code using the cards, and then the human robot actually has to perform the action. This is so much fun and the kids like to, I have air quotations, control each other. (laughs) But it really does get their body moving and it does help those younger students with that directional coding and understanding left and right, forwards and backwards, which they can apply to a lot of the computer-based programs or even when you do robotic coding. Another coding unplugged option that I like to do is having a paper grid or even digital grid. And there are different markers in the grid that students need to collect using a code. They can write down the code again using arrows, or you could have your own coding language written out like block-based coding. Block-based coding is when you see the blocks with the words written inside, and then you drag the blocks over. Usually you read it from the top to the bottom and Um, The robot or the program will read it from top to bottom with those different blocks. So this is like the in-between of um, more complicated typing programs. Anyway, with this coding unplugged option, students can write the code using arrows or they can write using your own language of block-based coding to collect the different tasks on the paper. Again, I have a lesson created for this already. It's all about donuts, and there's a lot of fun different challenges within this that are all completely device-free, and you can have students complete together. There's even a fun one where students have to complete it like Battleship. So that is a goody but an oldie, and it's fun. It's all donut-themed. When thinking about adding in other devices to your hour of code time, a fun tool that you might have in your classroom or you can invest in are Makey Makeys. And these are really cool because they connect to the very popular program, Scratch. And students, you can explore conductive and not conductive materials. Basically, how the Makey Makey works is you have different clamps with wired connections that go into this hub, and the hub is connected to the computer. On the computer, you have the coding program Scratch open, and then you play around with the Makey Makey options. And then you can connect the clamps that are connected to that hub to different things that are conductive. And when those conductive things are touched, then it will trigger the code that is written for that actual connection. It sounds like a lot, <laughs> but very simple when you see it in real life. Trust me. I saw something like this very similar in real life. The STEM teacher and me got really excited. One year I went to Meow Wolf in New Mexico, and they have a, they have a part of the exhibit where it's this big dinosaur looking thing, mammoth thing with the ribs showing. And when you touch the ribs, then it makes a sound. Well, in my mind, I knew exactly what was happen- happening when it came to the coding and the connections because of a makey makey. It's like the raw version of it. So Hour of Code is a great time to implement those physical materials as well. Another thing that is really fun to teach students during the hour of code is also the difference between hardware and software, especially to those younger students. Older students will benefit, but younger students really like to understand the difference between the two because there is a difference. With my younger students, I have created a paper tablet where they get to color and add in the different apps, the software, and then when they open up the tablet, there's the different pieces of hardware, very, very basic version. And I knew that they would love it, but they were literally obsessed having their own paper tablet and just wanted to play with them. Definitely recommend a lesson like that, talking about the computer hardware and software, because that's also valuable when it comes to coding and understanding how our computers work in our world. When it comes to structuring your time, I mentioned some different options of how you can get your school involved or even classroom teachers, or you might even be the classroom teacher who's getting involved. When I first did Hour of Code, I had students three days a week. So I did station rotations and had a lot of the different options when it came to coding unplugged and different websites that were appropriate for their grade level that I navigated from the Hour of Code website. Now I have students for five days. So again, I still like to implement those coding unplugged choices, but I also have the option where students are exploring different coding languages and they can try those out. I like to give them a variety, whether it is block-based coding, or it is coding by typing, or coding with the arrows. I like to give them that choice and see what languages that they are really connecting with. I also like to start off my lessons, whether it's the station rotations, or it is with the whole group instruction with different videos that are related to coding, which I'm going to talk about in a second, because it's good for students to hear the explanation where I'm, a, I'm not the ultimate expert when it comes to coding. I am a great facilitator when it comes to elementary STEM coding, but by no means am I an expert on this. I realize that not all students are going to be computer programmers, but you never know who's going to be. So I always want to expose kids to a lot of different things in general, when it comes to my STEM class. So this is a really great time to do that. For me personally, I do robotics as a whole separate unit. I don't really do a whole lot of robotics during my hour of code unit because I want to dive in deeper when it comes to robotics. So for me, I like to start with hour of code. I do typically teach this around December or January. And then my unit immediately after is my separate robotics unit. That way students have a background when it comes to different coding languages, and then they can really play around with those languages when it comes to the robots that we're using and see the output of what the robot's task is going to be. That is a personal preference, but what has worked well in my STEM classroom, definitely up to you. I know people also like to implement robots in their hour of code, so do what works best for you and the time that you have with kids. Like I said, this Hour of Code unit, I don't create a whole lot for it because there are so many great things out there. And this even includes a ton of video resources that I love to show my students when it comes to computer science and coding. BrainPop and BrainPop Jr. have a lot of great videos and they have added a lot more over the years when it comes to learning about computational thinking, different ways to code such as looping, or even parts of a computer and coding in general. Definitely check those out. And in the free guide, I even break up which videos I like to use with each grade level, so you're not always repeating the same ones. You also know that I am a huge fan of SciShow Kids, which I talk about back in episode 17, where it's all of those different resources I like to use for imagining. SciShow Kids also has some great videos when it comes to teaching about robots and the parts of a computer. If you want to dive in even deeper when it comes to coding, some of you might even be a technology teacher and not necessarily STEM. code.org, separate from Hour of Code, they have more extensive materials and actual units and a progression of learning when it comes to coding in your classroom. This is also great to look into if you're thinking about a different after-school opportunity You don't need to go and create anything. There are so many things on there that you can just plug and play, especially for those kids who really are getting obsessed about coding. Again, another great after-school activity with very minimal prep. One of my favorites for after-school activities is the Google CS First curriculum. There is a whole theme and a different challenge that they have to create. They're always improving this curriculum and really making it self-guided and kids can access the information at home. So definitely recommend checking out that resource. As a recap, there is so much to do for Hour of Code, but it is such a fun unit to implement. And really, it should be your least stressful unit out of your whole entire year because most of it is already done for you. You just have to go in and explore and check out the free guide that I have for you because that's going to help you really wrap your head around all the different things that you can do during this time. We first talked about navigating that hour of code resource. So, definitely play around with those filters that can help you with your experience. Then, we talked about how you can have a mixture of device based coding and coding unplugged or unplugged coding. Then, also think about structuring your time if you want to do station rotations, a whole group exploring, or a mixture of both. And then, really utilize those extra resources out there, especially when it comes to videos where you can see coding that is relevant in their real lives. Again, make sure to check out the Hour of Code freebie that I have created for you to help you organize your time with your students. This will be linked in the show notes, and you can also grab it at hour slash code. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to Podcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, Naomi to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.